Welcome to the New Life Millbrook Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit nlmillbrook.com. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. Father, it's your word that gives us life. It's your word that gives us hope. Father, it's your word that encourages us and lifts us up. And Father, I thank you that as as you minister your word through me today, Father, that people are encouraged. Father, their hearts are encouraged and lifted up. Father, I thank you that your word is established today in their hearts. And when they leave this place, Father, that they will leave having known that they have heard from you. Knowing, Father God, that you are with them, that you are present, that you love them, and that you care for them. And Father, I just thank you that you use me this morning. Help me relay that to your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I was getting ready for this, uh, this uh, opportunity to minister to y'all today, um, I just, you know, Pastor Pete's been doing the Acts, the book of Acts, and it has been awesome. But he is very much more theological than I am. I'm more, you know, just where it is right now type of person, you know. Not that he doesn't bring Acts to where it is right now, but I'm just not as deep. Anyway, and so one of the things that I know has been an issue in our, in our lives today, not just ours, ours, people's, is stress. How many of you, raise your hand, could tell me that you have felt more overloaded in the past few years than you ever have in your lives? I am with you. I am 100% with you. How many of you can say, honestly say, that just everyday life seems a bit more than it used to, a bit much, it's a bit much, Have you ever said that to God? God, this is a bit much. Like, you know, come on, let's turn the faucet off someplace here in this world we got going on here. You know, it's true. I'm with you in that, and so are statistics with you with that. Statistics show that stress and anxiety in our society, and actually it's it's worldwide, not just with us, but um, is at an all-time high. And what is anxiety is simply put, the body's response to worry and fear. That's what anxiety is. It's just the body's response to worry and fear. And so I've got some some, um, statistics. I'll ask them to put them on slides because if I just sit here and rattle them off, you're going to, you know, you're not going to, you'll probably doze, doze off while, while I'm doing it. So I don't want you to do that. So I figured if you had something to read while I'm talking, maybe you'll stay with me. Amen. So guys, if you can put that first one up that starts anxiety disorders. <clears throat> can anybody read that? Okay. Well, we might never mind. <laughs> If you can read it, fine. We're just going to go through the bullet points. Anxiety disorders are at the highest reported mental are the highest reported mental health issue in the United States, with 42.5 million Americans claiming to suffer from this illness. 
41% of college counselors reported anxiety disorders as the most frequent disorder they see among their patients. 41% of them. 24.5% of college students are taking some form of antidepressants, anti-anxiety, and mood stabilizers, such as Prozac, Zoloft, Lamotrigine. 24. Y'all, that's one in every four kids is on some type of medication for anxiety. There are 4.5 million children in the United States diagnosed and living with anxiety. That's just those that are diagnosed. That's just those that it was so severe that their parent or guardian took them to find out what was going on. Young adults ages 18 through 25 in the United States have the highest rate of experiencing mental health conditions at 30.6%, followed by those ages 26 to 49, 25.3%, and adults ages over 50, 50 and over, 14.5%. I read that and I thought, well, there's one good thing about getting old. We're in the lower percentile of stress. You know why? Because we're like, we just don't, you know. <laughs> What's the worst can, can happen? I'm going to die. Well, you know, we're getting closer there every day anyway, so, you know. Anxiety affects our lives in so many different levels. Everything from just your common um, reaction and worry over just your everyday life stuff, your bills, your kids, your homework, your tests, those type of things, your health. It goes everything from that to PTSD, heart attacks, panic attacks. It's every spectrum that you can imagine. So I wanna go back to the definition. Anxiety is the body's response to worry and fear. Merriam-Webster's dictionary says, anxious is characterized by extreme uneasiness of mind or brooding fear about contingency, some contingency. Brooding fear about the outcome of what might be coming up. Y'all, we worry about stuff that we don't even, you know, we just start, what the what if? Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this doesn't happen? What if? What if? It's the brooding in our mind over and over and over. How am I going to do this? How's this going to happen? How am I going to fix this? Over and over and over again. And that's being anxious. Matthew 6, 25 through 26. <clears throat> Y'all. I just have to pause for a commercial break here. Um, you guys can take that one off the screen. Um, there are so many scriptures in the Bible about fear not, don't worry, don't be anxious, fret not. If there's so many, walk in peace. Uh, there, I just had to narrow it down because I'm like, where do you, where do you cut it off? I mean, you could just go on for a long time. Matthew 6, 25 through 26 in the Amplified. He says, therefore, I tell you, stop. Stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink or about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above and more excellent than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not more valuable than they are? Aren't you more valuable than, than creation? 
Man is God's highest creation. He gave his son Jesus to die for you. You are so much more valuable than anything, but yet he takes care of them. What in the world makes us think he's not going to take care of us? Now, I'm not saying stuff doesn't come and stuff doesn't happen, but he sees us through the stuff. He helps us walk through the stuff. He gives us peace through the stuff of life. Amen? You are so much worth, more worthy, more worth of more worth than anything that God has created. The world, word tells us over and over again not to worry or fear or be anxious. Isaiah 41, tears 10 says, fear not. Fear not. I will be with you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. Don't fear. Fear not. I will uphold you. I will strengthen you. I will be with you. <clears throat> Anxiousness causes stress. When we're anxious about something, it's because we're worried or fearful about the situation, the outcome of the situation, or something relating to what is going on around us. This creates a thought process that is toxic, toxic to us, which causes stress. When we're sitting here worrying, being fearful, mulling over, brooding over, it causes stress in our lives. Merriam-Webster, about stress, Merriam-Webster's dictionary says, stress is a physical, chemical, or emotional factor that causes bodily or mental tension and may be a factor in disease causation. Now, we know now that science has shown that stress causes disease. Stress is the highest factor in causing disease that there is. Stress. And it's something that we can eliminate. It's something that we can cut down in our lives. It's something that we don't have to live in that state of stress anymore. We have to quit living in the state of stress. Stress is detrimental to our health. It's detrimental to your physical and mental well-being. Say, I'm going to stop it. That was pretty weak. Say it again. I'm going to stop it. We got to stop it. We got to stop it. We, we, stress is not a normal way of life. It's not a condition that God created us to walk in. So we got to stop it. The word tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why? Why is it without faith, it's impossible to please God? Well, one reason is if we are not walking in faith, we are denying his ability to help us. We are denying not only his ability, but his willingness to work on our behalf when we are not walking in faith. <clears throat> so we need to walk in faith. Your body, like I said, will respond to worry and fear and anyone at any age at any time can experience that. And I'm finding that as I talk to people, more and more people are stressed and anxious about things than, than I've ever seen. And like I said, it's not, you know, it's not predominant in, in older people it's our younger people that are suffering more from stress than even we are, and we're the ones paying the bills. 
We have to recognize it. It literally seems to me like it's in the atmosphere. Does it seem that way to y'all? And I'm not, I don't want to blame everything on COVID, but it's since COVID. <laughs> I mean, and it may not be because and the end of 2019, COVID came the middle of But it all seems to be, it all seemed like it came all kind of at the same time, but it just never really totally lifted. And it's like, it's like this pressure. Y'all, am I just talking to myself or am I the only one that feels that? It's like this pressure. You know, it's like you're just, oh, you know, carrying something that, that we shouldn't be carrying because we're supposed to walk in the peace of God. Amen? So we got to recognize it and we got to stop it. Let me read another article I found published in December 21st, 2022 by the American Psychiatric Association. Washington, D.C. As 2022 draws to a close, nearly two out of five, 37% Americans rated their mental health as only fair or poor. That's pitiful. If somebody was doing a poll and they asked you about your mental health. <laughs> okay, that was a trick question. No, <laughs> I mean, we, seriously, how would you rate it? They said 37% rated it as fair or poor. Up from 31% a year ago, more than one in four, 26% reported, listen to this, they anticipated experiencing more stress at the start of 2023. They anticipated stress. That'll give you stress. You start anticipating being stressed, hello? I mean, can you not feel your blood pressure rise when that type of stuff happens? They anticipated experiencing more stress at the start of 2023, up from one in five, 20% last year. At the same time, 29% of American adults indicated they'd adopt New Year's resolutions related to their mental health, which is up three percentages from last year. So let me show you some of the things they said. 65% said they exercise more. 45% said they'd meditate, 38% would see a therapist, 37% would focus on spirituality, 32% would take a break from social media, 28% would journal, 23% would use a mental health app, 21% would see a psychiatrist, and 6% would try something else, I guess a different way of living, I'm not sure what that exactly means, but anyway, I'm going to try something else, quit my job. I don't, I don't know what that means. Anyway, while all these things can be good, there has to be a permanent answer because stress doesn't come at opportune times. And when somebody comes at you and they're saying stuff, you can't look at them and say, oh, wait a minute, I need to take a run. Or, you know, I, hold, hold on just a second. I need to go journal my emotions and how this is making me feel. Or, or you know, whatever. We can't just stop, you know, and just, you know, take a lap or call our psychiatrist or whatever it is that, you know, we, we're going to do to help eliminate stress. All these things are good. None of them are bad. Exercise is great. Join us for pickleball. You'll laugh. You know, you need to laugh. A merry heart does good like a medicine. You need to laugh. So put yourself in a position to laugh. Okay. We, we Zumba, we laugh and we exercise. So it's, you know, you get it all at one time. But there has to be a long-term answer because stress just keeps coming. And unfortunately, I don't see some kind of something or the other. Unless Jesus comes tonight, 
I don't see it getting any better in our world. I mean, let's face it. We could stress, watch the news and stress over everything from going, having World War III to the economy collapsing to Biden being president again. Did I say that? Yes, I did. Anyway, I'm telling you all, all this to say we got a problem in our society, and it isn't just in non-believers. It is in believers. It is in every person. It's in us, too, and we ought not live that way. It's dangerous, and it's not faith. Dr. Caroline Leaf has a lot to say on this subject, and I'm going to try to condense some of this down. I've got some quotes, but I think they're very important, so I'm going to read them to you. Dr. Caroline Leaf is a neuroscientist. She's got all kinds of PhDs and master's degrees, and she's too smart for me. And she's written a couple books, and one of them is Who Shut Off My Brain, Who Turned Off My Brain? Who Switched Off My Brain, and the other one is Switch On Your Brain. I highly recommend both those books. But anyway, I'm just going to read a few things that she said um, that I pulled out of some of her books, okay? Every time you have a thought, it is actively changing your brain and your body for better or for worse. That's kind of scary. Every time you have a thought, it is actively changing your brain and your body for better or for worse. If you are anxious or worried about something, the hypothalamus, which is the frontal lobe of your brain, responds to this anxious and worrying attitude with a flurry of stress chemicals engaging the pituitary gland, the master gland of the endocrine system. The endocrine system secretes the hormones responsible for organizing the trillions of cells in our body to deal with any impending threats. Negative thoughts shift your body's focus to protection and reduce your ability to process and think with wisdom and grow healthy thoughts. Have you ever panicked and done something stupid? You know, or, or you're panicking, you're in a hurry because you're nervous about something. Okay, I went to the restroom at the break and I couldn't remember how many minutes we had. And I'm thinking, oh great, I need to hurry. And so I drop my, I get all nervous trying to get everything together, I drop my, mic, my microphone pack here, my battery pack, and I'm thinking, you know what, if I hadn't been in a hurry and been a little nervous about getting back here in time, because I didn't want the service to start, and Alan, and you weren't even in here, have to get up and say, well, hello, everybody, here we are. <laughs> so you panic, and you get nervous, and you do things, stupid stuff. You make mistakes. You don't think clearly. So when we get stressed, we don't think clearly. It inhibits our thought processes. On the other hand, if you change your attitude and determine, I want you to notice, change your attitude and determine to apply God's excellent advice not to worry, the hypothalamus will create the secretion of chemicals that facilitate the feeling of peace. Just like, just take a deep breath and just, I mean, just peace, just the word can make you feel a little better. And the rest of the brain will respond by secreting the correct formula of neurotransmitters, chemicals that transmit electrical impulses for thought building and clear thinking. So it's just the opposite. When we're in peace, our body releases the, the chemicals it needs 
to process things, to have clear thoughts, to have healthy thought, building healthy things in our bodies. She said, although you may not be able to control your environment all the time, you can control how it affects your brain. Y'all, people do stupid stuff. Things happen. And we, we can't control that. And I'm not saying just switch off your brain and don't think. But what I am saying is we can control how we react to the situations. The what am I going to do, what am I going to do question well, I'm going to pray first and then see what God has to say about those situations, whatever is going on. You can choose. You can control. She said you can choose to reject the presently activated thoughts and the incoming information, or you can let the information make its way into your mind, your soul, and your spirit, eventually subsiding in your non-conscious, which dominates who you are. Even though you can't always control your circumstances, you can make fundamental choices that will help you control your reaction to your circumstances and keep toxic input out of your brain. God made us free will beings. And y'all, although like I said, we may not be able to control what other people do. We may not be able to control our situations around us. Who can we control? us, our reaction, how we think about things, how we're going to respond to what's going on. Because you know what? It's not only, Pastor Allen was talking about um, being Christians <laughs> and representing Christ well on this earth. Well, if we're acting like a bunch of maniacs, we're not representing Christ well on this earth, are we? If we're losing our cool, we're losing our stuff, we're not representing him well. If we're making stupid decisions because we're so stressed out, we don't know what in the world we're doing, we're not representing him well. So it's not only about our health and well-being, which that is very important, but it is also about representing him well. Caroline Leaf said there are three stages of stress. It's the temporary stress like the stress I feel coming up here to minister to you guys, get a sermon ready, you know, is anybody gonna be there? Is anybody gonna show up? Are they gonna just think I'm goofy? Are they gonna hear what I have to say? Is it gonna minister to them? Are they gonna be bored? You know, the stress that you feel when you're gonna give a report, when you're gonna take a test, you know, maybe on your first date. The stress, that's kind of stress that is released. You do the thing and then it's over with. That's the first kind of stress she's talking about. And then the temporary stress, the number two thing is when that temporary stress is not released. You just keep feeling stressed. It doesn't go away. And number three is chronic stress, which can, um, it, you, it keeps your system stressed out. I don't know how to say that. She says in a heightened alert. You're, high, you're alert, you're, you're, you're just not relaxed. So she said there are three areas in our body, three systems in our body that are specifically affected by those types of, those last two types of stress, and that's the heart, the immune system, and the digestive system. <clears throat> Psalm 37, eight says, do not fret, it only causes harm. Don't you love that? Do not fret, it only causes harm. 
Y'all, you start fretting, you need to think to yourself, this, this ain't good. This don't cause me problems. It only causes harm. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. <clears throat> I want to read that to you. I think we might have that on the... You're so fast. Y'all are so fast. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Dr. Leaf said the heart is one of the places that is affected when we stress. I want to read to you what she said. Neurologically, your heart is sensitive to what you think and feel. Your thoughts directly affect your heart. And I love how the word says, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. It will guard your heart and your mind. <clears throat> I went through all these medical statistics and all these quotes and stuff like that because I want you to see the word of God lines up with science. Or maybe I should say science lines up with the word of God. It backs it up every time. And the things that they have discovered scientifically about stress line up with everything the word says about don't do it. Don't stress. But we just think, well, that's just something Jesus said one day. It sounds, that sounded good. Thought he'd throw it out there. The peace of God guards your hearts and your minds. Be anxious for nothing, it says. I said anxious means to be troubled, to be fretful, to be worried about something. It's the same word that he used in Matthew when he said, take no thought. It's the same word as anxious. Take no thought. But what shall we eat? What shall we put on? Um, it was, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? He said, your heavenly fathers knows you have need of these things. Seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added unto you. And then he goes on again and says, take no thought for the morrow. Don't take thought about it. And like I said, it doesn't mean we switch off our brains. It means don't be anxious about it. Don't be worried about it. Don't you know that I know what you need, he's telling them? Your heavenly father knows what you need. It's not just the clothes, the food, and the drink. It's life. And he knows exactly what you need in life. He knows exactly where you are today, right now, this very minute. Don't take thought over it. Don't turn it over and over your head. What am I going to do? What if, what if, what if, what if? <clears throat> Stress is a, the Merriam-Webster's dictionary says stress is a physical, chemical, or emotional factor that causes bodily or mental tension that may factor in disease causation. I want to repeat what Dr. Leaf said. Even though you can't control your circumstances, you can make fundamental choices that will help you control your reaction to your circumstances and keep toxic input out of your brain. <clears throat> And you know what? Stress isn't always from pre pressure from other people. We put stress on ourselves. We put stress on ourselves. Maybe um, our lives didn't meet up to what we thought they were going to be. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people in their 30s, <clears throat> 30 to 40 area of life, 
feeling like they just, you know, there's so much pressure put on people to be famous. I mean, like, you gotta be the top dog of everything, you know? Social media has changed the way uh, young adults perceive where they should be by their 30s. And it, it puts out there that you should basically be the top of your game in every area. You should be a CEO, you should be a millionaire, you should be the president, you should be whatever it is. And if you're just an ordinary person and you're not up there in the top tier of life, then you're a failure. Well, that's not true. God didn't call everybody to be in that same position. He called every person for a very specific purpose. He's got plans, the Bible says, I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. He's got plans for every purpose, but we put pressure on ourselves to, to meet these certain levels of life that are unreasonable, that God never said we had to be there. He never said that. But somewhere in our minds, we decided those type of things. <clears throat> I'll find out where I am in my notes. I have no idea. Um, <clears throat> don't get stressed. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> don't put unreasonable expect expectations on yourselves. Philippians, let's go back to Philippians 4, 6. And if you don't mind putting that back on the screen, Lauren, I'd appreciate it. It says, to bring it to him. It says, uh, by every, let your request be made known. Let your request, you got to bring it to him. You got to let your request be made known. Bring it to him. It says, when we do that, his peace will guard our hearts and our minds. His peace, I love that word, on, where it talks about his peace, which passes understanding. New King James says surpasses, which is a better translation than just the passes understanding, because that word is the Greek word hooperecho, and it, the first part of that hooper literally means over, above, and beyond. It depicts something that is way beyond measure. It carries the idea of superiority, something that is utmost, preeminent, dominant, and incomparable. His peace is utmost, imminent, dominant, and incomparable to any other type of peace we can ever have. Amen. The second part of that word echo means you have it. It means to possess. His peace that we possess passes every other type of peace that, we, that the world can offer. We bring him our, our request and he gives us that peace. Only the peace of God can guard our hearts and our minds. We can journal, we can exercise, we can talk to our psychiatrist, we can do all those things, but only the peace of God will protect and guard our hearts and our minds. Jesus said, my peace I give you, not as the world I give, I, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't let it. You don't let it. He said, he didn't say, I'm going to uh, keep that from happening to you. He said, you're the one that has to not let it. Why? Because we got the power of the Holy Spirit abiding on the inside of us to overcome every situation that comes our way. And so we can't let it. We, we, we have to, the peace of God guards. 
That word guard is like a centurion soldiers that stand at the gate, the city gate, watching over it. And they're keeping up and giving permission to every person that comes in and every person that goes out. It guards us. His peace guards our hearts. But we have to receive his peace. We make the choice of how we're going to behave and, and how we're going to react to circumstances. We can choose that. We let our requests be made known to him. We take it to him, but then we trust him to take care of it. And I think that's kind of where the rubber meets the road right there. Because do we really trust him? Do we really, really trust him? Because if we really, really trust him, then we can be at peace. If we really think, God, you got this, then we can be at peace. But my problem is, and I, I'm surely I'm not the only one who has this problem in life, I bring it to God, and I, I, I say, Father, I just bring this whatever to you, and I thank you, Lord, that you're going to straighten my husband out, and he's going to be a man of God, and all that kind of stuff. And, but then you know what I do? I pick it right back up. My husband didn't behave the way I wanted him to do, Lord, and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, Lord. See, you just pick it right back up. So we, we can't, when, when things don't go our way, what do we do? We say, Father, I've given that to you, and I'm trusting you. You know, there's some things that are out of our physical control that we just can't do. We can't fix it. So what do we do? We just got to trust God. We just got to trust God, or we're going to all go crazy. When the problem tries to resurface, we talk about his thankfulness with thanksgiving. It said, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. With thanksgiving. So when it starts rising up again, we just say, Father, I thank you that you've taken care of this situation. I thank you, Lord, that you are my strength. You are my high tower. Father, I thank you that you are my peace. Father, I thank you that you are all-knowing, that you are omnipotent. And we just start rejo rejoicing in who he is and what he can do. That first song we sang, um, how'd that song go? About praise, praise when I feel like it, praise when I don't. I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. EJ didn't know what I was going to preach on. <clears throat> Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God, you'll keep us in perfect peace when we keep our mind on him. You see what I'm saying? Not on the problem. Not on the situation. We keep our mind on him. He keeps us in perfect peace. Why? Because his peace is superior. It's far above. It's outstanding. It's better than any peace that we can possibly get. <clears throat> there is a reason the word tells us to think on good things. And I've tried to make this my practice in life on a regular, very, very regular basis. Philippians 4.8 says, For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, whatever is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, 
whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there be any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take an account of these things. Fix your mind on them. These things. What is the opposite of these things? Those things. What's the opposite of that? Worry? What ifs? They're crazy. It's falling apart. We're going to lose it. We're going under. That's the opposite. Why did God tell us to think on good things? Because he created our body, for one thing, and he knew in, in the way we are created, when we think on things that are good, it releases things in our chemicals in our system that are good chemicals that are repairing healthy chemicals. But when we think on all the other things, it releases what? Stress. We get stressed. When we think on the problems, the car broke down, I can't afford to pay for that, I can't get that car fixed, I don't know what I'm gonna do, don't know what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna have to walk, don't know what I'm gonna do. Trust God, he'll work it out. And you know what? If you do have to walk, it'll be good exercise. Get your 10,000 steps in today. I mean, there's worse things in life that can happen, right? I mean, th think about, y'all, let's put things in perspective. Think about it. I was reading Rick Renner, one of Rick Renner's books the other day, and he was talking about when he moved to Russia. They moved to Russia, and, and they um, converted their money, their dollars, into rubles. Okay, so they get there, they get in their apartment or wherever they were staying, go to bed. The very next morning, well, when they woke up, Russia's economy had tanked. They had converted a lot of their money into $50, what would be, we would call a $50 bill, but it was 50 ruble. I don't know how you say that. Those were worthless. They did away with them. They were, they were it was just paper. Couldn't spend it. It wasn't worth a dime. No money, zero. There was, few people panicked. There was no food in the grocery stores. There was no gasoline. Alan was over there during this period of time. There was no gasoline um, overnight. I mean, they go to bed thinking they're doing good. They got their money. They wake up. Their money is no good. That can be stressful. What is the worst thing that could happen? You know what? They survived. I mean, I'm sure it was a rude awakening. I mean, things were stressful. They had to try to find food. I mean, you couldn't just find it. You had to go searching for it, waiting in line to get just a loaf of bread. But you know what? God took care of them through it. And he'll take care of you through your stuff when you put your trust in him. Or we can try to do it ourselves. And so let's look at Mark 4. 35 through 40, talk about people trying to do things themselves. Mark 4, 35 through 40. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. On that same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go to the other side of the lake. And leaving the throng, he took him with them just as he was in the boat which he was sitting and other boats were with him, and a furious storm of wind of hurricane proportions arose, and the waves kept beating onto the boat, so that it was already becoming filled. But he himself was in the stern of the boat, asleep on the leather cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? 
And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush now, be, and be still. And the wind ceased, sank, into rest, sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating. And there was immediately a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. And he said to them, Why are you so timid and fearful? How is it that you have no faith, no firm, relying trust? I love how the Amplified puts it. It says, because he says, Lord, rescue, preserve us. Rescue and preserve us. We are perishing. Have you ever felt like that? <laughs> God help me. I'm not going to make it. I can't take it one more second. Have you ever felt that way? I mean, seriously, I've been there. I can't take one more thing. You know what? Obviously I did, because I'm still here. And so are you. Obviously we made it through whatever situation it was that we could not take one more thing. But you did, because you're here today. So his grace is sufficient. It gets us through the situations in our lives. He said, why is it that you don't have any faith? Why is it that you have so little faith? They were doing everything in their power. These are professional fishermen who boated, sailed this lake, sailed this sea. Yeah, they'd be better all the time. They knew what they were doing, in other words. They did everything in their power. Say, my power. My power. They did everything in their power to get to the other side. But they couldn't make it. But it was when the word of God came and said, peace be still, stop it, calm, have peace. When that word came, it said there was a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. And that's what the word of God will do on the inside of you. It's not just for the raging sea. It's for the raging mind and for the raging heart that his word will cause that calm and that peace to come into our lives. But you know what? We got to put it in there. We have that choice. We have to put it in there. We have to have confidence in God. And this type of confidence insulates us from the damaging effects of stress. Romans 15, 13 in the Amplified says, May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. Look, y'all just told me, by the shaking of probably 98% of your heads, that you have been in a place where you said, I cannot take another thing, not one more. But yet you did. And that is your testimony. Because you're still here. You're still standing. You're still believing God. He said, May the God of hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith. 
that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. He wants us to be bubbling over with hope. It's through our faith, through the experience of our faith. Go back and recount, Lord, you brought me through this one, you'll bring me through that one. Lord, you're faithful. I thank you for your faithfulness in every situation. The guys were in, the disciples were in the boat. There's so many, so many ways you could preach, so many sermons you can preach out of that, it's ridiculous. But they had the creator of heaven and earth in the stern. And they were afraid. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. It's easy to point fingers at them. God, you're Jesus, what's your problem? I mean, he's in the boat with you, right there. You think he's gonna, you know, let you guys die? You think he's gonna, what do you? But you got the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. So what are we thinking? Are we realizing the power of God that dwells on the inside of us that we can pull from and draw from and speak to our situations and circumstances and say, peace be still? We have that on the inside of us. I've come to the conclusion that even if the boat sinks, I'm going to be okay. And I'm serious about that. Even if the boat, like I said, if you die, well, I mean, if that's the worst that can happen. Even if the boat sinks, I'm going to be okay. Why? Because I believe that God loves me. Me. And I believe that he will take care of me in every situation. And I want you to have that same confidence. Even if the boat sinks, you're going to be okay. No matter what, you're going to be okay. And when we walk with that confidence in our lives, then we don't have to fear and fret and worry. Look, if the economy falls apart tonight when I go to bed, I'm going to be okay. It doesn't matter. I mean, it matters. I mean, we would like to be able to buy bread. But if we can't, we're going to be okay. I got an old cookbook. I can figure out how to make it. John 14, 1 in the Amplified says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't let it. Don't let it. Stop it. Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. You believe in, adhere to, and trust in, and rely on God. Believe in, adhere to, and trust in, and also rely on me. Things don't always go, turn out the way we think they should or the way we would like them to do. But you know what? We put our trust in God anyway. Amen? Psalm 34, 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. In verse 17, it says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their trouble. And I want to camp right there for just a second, because it says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears. And I think that's a disconnect in believers, because I don't think a lot of believers believe that the Lord hears. And if the Lord hears, then he will. We have to have the confidence that when we bring our request to him with thanksgiving, that he hears us and he takes care of it. Now, like I said, I'm not saying he's always going to do it exactly like you want it done. I mean, hey, I would like a 
big old duffel bag full of money to fall down in my backyard. But I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow. Could. It's possible. If you're tired of being stressed, or if it seems that stress has become a way of life for you, I want you to just raise your hand. If you're tired of being stressed, or it seems like stress has just become a way of life to you, raise your hand. Don't be shy. Because everybody in here raised their hand when they said they were feeling stressed. So, so there's that. And it's not because, I didn't want you to do that because I'm trying to be nosy or make myself feel good about the sermon that I'm preaching. And oh yeah, that related to everybody. They all got it, you know. No, it's because when we acknowledge where we are and we bring that before the Lord, what did I just say? When we bring it to him, he what? He hears us. So we bring it to him. I hear that phone going. Good thing. When, he, when we bring it to him, he hears us. And if he hears us, he answers us. Amen? Why is that? Because he loves you. He loves you. So I want to pray with you this morning. And uh, Linda, would you text Heidi and let her know I'm wrapping it up? I want to pray with you this morning. And I want you to get in agreement with me as I pray that we're going to just let it go. We're going to just release the stress. We're not going to live this way anymore. We're going to choose to walk in the peace of God. Amen? Father, I just thank you for your word. Father, your word declares that you give us peace that passes understanding. And Father, I thank you right now for that peace just engulfing this body of believers and any person that is listening to this teaching. Father, let your peace just rush over them and through them today in the name of Jesus. Because they know, Lord God, that you love them, that you care for them, and that, Father, you hear and you answer them. And Father, those circumstances and situations, whatever they are right now, we just lay them at your feet, Father. We bring them to you, trusting you that you will take care of every single part of it. And Father, we don't have expectations. We just trust. We just trust you, Lord. Father, I thank you for the people today. I thank you that they're blessed, Father, that your love encompasses around about them, Lord, that they feel your presence in their lives today and throughout the rest of this week. Father, I bless them in their going. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.